Life in the Leadership Lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I'm talking to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our communities. What did they do to get started? And what are they doing to stay there, to stay in that leadership lane? And today is our last episode of 2020. And I normally wouldn't say this, but I have saved the best for last as today. I'm getting to talk to Martha Ellen Causey Thornton. She goes by Marty and she is my mom. She's a leader uh, in our family. She's a leader in her business and she's a leader in the community. And I am so excited to be doing this today, mom. How are you? I'm fine, Bruce. How are you, honey? I am so glad we're getting to do this. So whenever I start thought about um, this podcast and I started recording episodes, this is one of the episodes that I've been looking forward to all year. So I'm, I'm so glad that you came on today. So for the people that um, don't know much about, you know, you're a, a bowling proprietor uh, in, in Shawnee. For those who don't mu know much about a Shawnee Bowl, can you just like share um, what, what is Shawnee Bowl? How many lanes do they have? Um, and, and where's it located? It's located in Shawnee, Oklahoma at 701 North Harrison. And we have 24 lanes and we also have a very large game room and we have lots of customers and the coronavirus has kind of hit us hard, but we are doing really well at this time and we still are open and we try to make sure everybody is protected and our leagues are still bowling and it's got a snack bar and we probably have the best hamburgers in town. Okay, so I wanted to make sure you said that because that is what I wanted to get to right there. The best cheeseburgers in town. Every time I go home, I always want to get a cheeseburger from Shawnee Bowl. And so I wanted to have you on the, on the show today because, um, well, I've had a front row seat to your leadership from day one. Uh, I've, I've seen um, you lead in the community. I've seen you lead uh, at different bowling centers. And so I would like to just kind of open up the, our conversation um, and just kind of share your story. And I would love for you to share um, where were you born and like, where did you grow up? Well, when I was born, there weren't a lot of hospitals around. So I was born in a house. My aunt was the lady that helped the doctor deliver me. I was the first girl after three boys. My mother thought I was her Christmas present. And so uh, it, I didn't live in a house with running water until I was in the fifth grade. So it was very different back then than it is now. But I was born in Kingfisher County, Oklahoma. So I really wasn't born in a hospital. So, but these are things my mom has told me over the years, so. Well, her and her, your mom, Lillian Fultz, um, you know, I, uh, interesting. Um, she said that you were a Christmas present this episode is being taped in November, but we're going to actually play this episode uh, December the 19th, four days before your birthday. So first of all, happy early birthday. 
Um, and second of all, wow, what a wonderful gift for a mother to have a child right before Christmas. Isn't that cool? Well, she thought it was, especially after having four boys, three boys. He, um, my oldest brother was gonna, told everyone if I was a girl, he was gonna throw me in the river. And so I was born, my aunt, she asked him, well, Floyd, I thought you were gonna throw her in the river if she was a girl. He says, oh, I am Aunt Gladys when she learned how to swim out. <laughs> oh, that is absolutely fantastic. So you were in a uh, household of, I guess you had five, was there five brothers and sisters that you grew up with? Uh, uh, yes, I have a sister that's six years younger than I am and three older brothers. So there was five altogether. So what was that like? What was that like as, I mean, just, you have any favorite like memories um, as, as kids running around um, together? I had my own guardians. I mean, you know, uh, they watched out after me, my brothers did, and made sure that I didn't make the wrong turn. You know, it's like, you know, having your own guards <laughs> watch. So, but it was fun. It was, they, my brothers were very good to me and, and it was fun. It's, you know, we were poor and we played games and cards and listened to the radio. We didn't have TV back then when I was little. So we listened to the radio a lot. So. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, so now I mentioned uh, Grandma Fultz. Um, you, you um, she was a single mom raising her children. Uh, you, you're, you lost your father in the war. Can you talk a little bit about that and what was that, that was like for her? Uh, I think it was very hard for her all her life. She, uh, he died when he was 31 in the Port Chicago accident. And uh, so, yes, she, we moved to Edmond and she moved to Edmond because her and my father had thought the boys could go to school at uh, it's UCO now, but it was Central State College back then. And they thought they could live at home and go to college. So that's why mother moved to Edmond and she took all of us with her. So uh, my grandfather didn't live but about 30 miles away, but you know, our cars didn't go like they do now, but uh, we would go see my grandfather uh, every weekend. And so, it was it was fun uh, growing up. Uh, it we didn't think we were poor. We thought we were rich. <laughs> Isn't that great? Oh man, it's all about perspective. You know, I can't even imagine um, what that was like for for Grandma. But man, she was strong. Um, yes, she, so strong. Yes, she was one of the strongest, sweetest women that ever lived. You know, uh, one of the things I wanted to uh, mention um, was that uh, whenever you, uh, at one time, you were a single, a single mother raising five children, and uh, I've shared this with different people, but um, you, you had to like work multiple jobs at one time. I know Grandma uh, worked as a, um, uh, she was a, she was a nurse, 
um, raising her children, of course, but, but you, you kind of followed suit. You had to work multiple jobs too, didn't you? Well, technically mother wasn't a nurse when she raised us children. She actually did not go back to nursing school until she was late forties. She, uh, I was 18 before mother went back to nursing school and married and moved out. And, uh, that's when mother went back to nursing school. Wow. Well, what, what was that like? I mean, you got to see that firsthand. I mean, you're 18 years old and you get to see your mother 40 years old going back to school. Uh, oh, we'd like to call it skilling up. That, that's got to be inspiring for you. Oh, inspiring. Yes. She, she, she just inspired everybody. Mm. She never met a, a person she didn't like. There was never anything bad about anybody. I, I, she was just very unique. And, but I know, I know it had to be hard for her. And then, like I said, when you were, you were working like you at one time, weren't you working like three jobs at one time? I mean, that had to be hard for you too, right? I did. The hardest part was, you know, I, my children were taken care of that. That was what was the most important to me, but mother worked at night and, uh, three to seven. And I would go and work from 11 to seven. And then I would, I would work uh, a lot of times. I would go to the bowling center in the afternoon and coordinate leagues and stuff. That's, uh, you know, I just did lots of things. I well, worked at 11 for a while. I worked at Redbud. So the, the best part was when I went to work for Redbud because I made more money and I, or to do more things for your kids. So, but yeah, it, 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 it was fun raising new kids. Well, I wanted was, to, I wanted to mention that because, you know, there's a lot of people that a lot of times, uh, single parents today, uh, they get, you know, they have tough times. Um, but what I wanted them to know, uh, hear from you is that, you know, you get through it. I mean, you, you worked hard, but you got through it. Absolutely. And, you know, somebody said, it's not the product, it's the finished product. Mm. My children are the finished product and I'm, and everybody should be very proud of their children. Well, well I want to talk about that. Okay, so then of course you met, you met dad and, and you both raised seven children. <laughs> seven, seven children, um, count them. What was that like raising all of those kids? Well, really, really kept ever, each other entertained. Uh, if we would go, we went to California to pick Dean and Don and bring them home with us in the summertime. And like I said on your uh, Facebook one day, we took you all to a ball game. Well, you all were so good. I mean, it's hard for people to believe five children can be that, or seven children can be that good. But you minded well. But, you know, you, you had to mind at home. Therefore, we could take you out. Oh, that was a great memory. I, I actually posted whenever we got the uh, uh, dad bought us all bobbleheads. Dean, yes, he told me. Yeah, and so Dean and Joe, I think they had the Dodgers and, and they tore theirs apart. And I had the Cincinnati Reds and I kept mine. Dean still got his. Oh, he still has his. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, man. Well, and then my Cincinnati Reds, I remember they tried to pull it, and I was like, no. 
and I still have it today. And it's a cherished memory from back, you know, back in the mid seventies. I'm uh, so grateful for that. What, what, uh, any other memories? I know we went to the lake. I mean, I remember one time we, uh, the, the, the park ranger told us we couldn't come to the lake anymore because we had so many people in the boat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was up here at, uh, like up here by the city. Lake um, Draper. Uh, yes, Lake Draper. So we started going to Lake Thunderbird after that. But Jack taught you all, every one of you how to ski. Yeah, and I remember Mark, uh, Mark buying those uh, trick skis and, and uh, learning how to trick ski. And one of my favorite memories is, uh, I remember we would uh, camp, camp out and, and oh. We would smell that cooking. Dad would be cooking that breakfast in the morning. That's what woke us up. That's the best part of it was the breakfast of the morning. <laughs> I love to get up and cook breakfast. That was great. So uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you today was what are, what is a, um, what are some lessons you tried or you hoped to teach your children? Well, I just wanted my children to think for themselves and not to think like everybody else mainly. I want them to be good and be proud of who they were. And I, I just, I just wanted them to just be good Christian people. You know, uh, if you go to my mom's house, you will see uh, lots and lots and lots of pictures on the wall. Um, and so you can tell uh, she's very proud. And I was just one of the questions I asked, you know, I see all of your children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. What, what are you most proud of? My children. I'm proud of my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, but I'm most proud of my children. Yeah, well, we're proud of you, too. And, you know, I, I was hoping to get this part on recording. Now, uh, just real quick, I, I didn't have this question down uh, to share with you, but I was just thinking of it. Do you want to go ahead and just say on, on recording here who your favorite child is? <laughs> well, well, if you ask Mark and Deborah, Bruce is my if you ask uh, someone else, they'll say Deanna's my favorite. Uh, I have five favorite children. That's They're a good. Their own way. Good answer. Like, and I love every one of you. Oh, that's mom. I, I appreciate that. Love you too. Hey, I want to. I want to shift over here to uh, uh, the 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 bowling aspect of it. And I would, you know, bowling's been a big part of your life. A big Absolutely. part. I remember uh, years ago when me and you bowled in the parent-child tournament at Edmund Lanes, and I want to say that was in the early 70s. Do you remember that? Yes. I started bowling. I took lessons in 1967 with a friend of mine that called me, come on, let's go take these bowling lessons. And I said, I don't want to bowl. She said, yeah, you do. Come on. So I've been a bowler ever since, and I love it. I still love it. I still bowl twice a week. And I love the people probably more than the bowling. We have 
the greatest people at our bowling center that there are. So do you remember what your high, highest bowling game? 279. 279. Do you remember when you did that? Was that at Tri-City Lanes? I, I, I shot several of them, Bruce. I've just never shot a 300. <laughs> I, uh, I remember I would always walk into the bowling center and they would put the honor roll scores up on the board and, you know, they would have several, you know, great women bowlers that had scores. But if you bowled more than one of those 200 games, you'd get a number next to your name. And there were like three or four of you that was just always jockeying for position on that. I think Mona. Mona uh, Griffin. Mona Griffin was one of those. And several several ladies uh just great members uh, do you what what did what was it um uh what was it like i want i want to just ask kind of go back to on the business side what was it like you know i i ended up being in relocation so this interests me a lot and that is when someone relocates from one city to another i'm just uh i, I was wondering if you could share what was that time like when you and dad decided to move from Edmond, Oklahoma to Seminole, Oklahoma to start your own business, uh, what was that like and, and what were some of the challenges you faced? Very challenging. We uh, had to stay in a motel uh, for three or four months because we didn't have a house because we were selling ours in Edmond and it was just very challenging. Uh, we've moved all you kids down there with us to go to school. And the lady that owned the motel was a bowler. And she let us have two rooms at a discount price, thank goodness. And then we eventually bought a trailer house, a four bedroom trailer house. But it was so different than our home we'd lived in because it was a third the size. And it was very challenging, but it was it was fun. It really was. We 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 did good uh, moving to Seminole. Uh, I felt like that's where God wanted me to put you kids through school, and it was a small school. I don't think you would have played the sports you did or got as involved as you did in school had you not gone to Seminole, because Edwin was growing. It was huge when Mark's cousin. Wade Causey graduated from Edmond High School, there were 600 kids in his class mm. graduated. I don't think there were 100, maybe 120, but there weren't that many. So, but Mark played football and in the year he went uh, was a freshman, I believe, or a sophomore, they won state. And he got to go to the governor's mansion and all that stuff. I don't think you kids could have done that stuff had we not moved to Seminole. And, and Tri-City was small. We could run it ourselves. And it was fun. And the people. Oh, the people were so nice. We've lost so many of them that it's, you know, it's been 40 years. So uh, the lady that you're talking about that gave you the uh, discount, that was Laura Lansdowne. I remember the Lansdowne Motel. So we stayed there. Um, and, um, I, you know, I talk a lot about gratitude. And I, I think back to some of those days thinking, man, you're, you know, you're, you're basically saying, hey, we're going to relocate. We have a dream. We're going to make this work. And we're willing to sacrifice 
um, you know, living in a motel and then buying a trailer house until one day you could actually build a home. Yes. Yes, we did build a home and it was, it was beautiful. Uh, I, I miss my swimming pool, but I, uh, but it, it was, but I like being in the city next to Deanna mainly because you kids, when you come to the city, I see you more. And I like that. Because when you go to you basketball, football games, then you can come over because it's right down, you know, just down the road, about 15 minutes or 20, whatever. And uh, lived in Seminole, you would have had to drive another hour, you know, to get to this. So we like being there, but I loved Seminole when we were there. Yeah, I always say that it's more than a football game when we go up and watch the Sooners play because we get to come to your house. I want to uh, just kind of go back to um, one of the things that I do like to talk about is uh, people that help us get to where we are today, uh, to where we're going during our career. And, and uh, many times we call those mentors, you know, we people that we just connect with. And, you know, you uh, wanted, I always like to, talk about, you know, I first started learning to like network with people at the bowling center. You get to know all these different people and, and, um, and, 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 and build these friendships. And so I was wondering if you could share who were some of the people, even maybe at Edmond as well, because I, I do remember the name Debbie Clarkson. Who were some of the people that you remember were, um, uh, it, it mentors or people that you like to connect with kind of during your kind of bowling career? Were there some people that stood out? Susie Campbell, Karen Russell. Karen's still alive. Susie's passed away, but they, they my dearest friends. We bowled tournaments together. We went everywhere. Uh, in Seminole, Pat Clima is my dearest friend. We don't see each other as much since I'm here and she's in Seminole, but uh, yes, they're my dearest friend. Kay Halk, uh, Elsie Allison, uh, just all these Trixie Ware. You remember Trixie Ware? I do remember Trixie Ware. You know what I remember? I remember you going to all of these bowling tournaments with these ladies and right. you're having these, uh, these bowling pins on. Because uh, every time you'd go to a tournament, you would collect a pin. And I can't remember if you put it in your hats or whatever, but I just remember uh, that. So a lot of these people you're talking about, you went and bowled tournaments with. Absolutely. All, all over the United States. Uh, Washington, D.C., uh, uh, Iowa, just everywhere. Texas. We just, we, we went everywhere bowling in nationals. So... Yeah, they, they, I, they're very, that's still a very good friend. I, uh, one of the things I'd like to share is that whenever we're talking about these people that you, you're talking about, um, and you go to like a networking event or, or in business, you're, you're in these different um, environments, uh, you get to see what good looks like, but you also get to see what not good looks like. And then you can kind of make your choice on which, which way you're going to go. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. We, um, we had a, a year that they wanted to go up on dues and we were in our meeting 
and a lady stood up and she told them where everywhere they had spent every penny on their uh, money and that they shouldn't go up. Well, they didn't go up. They did go up, but we didn't get books that year for our, <laughs> for our leagues that had everybody used to got individual books for, for our leagues, for our uh, rules. And that year they didn't get them. But of course now you, USBC is the women and men combined where before uh, it was the women had theirs WIBC and the men had theirs ABC. But there were so many of the good women bowlers that wanted to bowl with the high average men bowlers. And of course the way they had an American Bowling Congress, it didn't say just men. So the women could buy their cards and bowl with them. So eventually they combined the whole thing. But yes, you you learn things at these meetings you go to. And Jack and I, when we would go to uh, bowling proprietor meetings, uh, we would look and see what we wanted to do different at, at our establishment or if we wanted to do something different with our food or, you know, something. And yes, we, we learned a lot from that. Uh, really, from Abe, he was... Uh, really a good uh, person for Jack to talk to about doing different things. And Ken, uh, you remember Ken? Uh, Tim Brown? No, Kim. Uh, Ken, uh, from, he worked for Brunswick. Good friend, too. Okay, yes. Okay. That's when we put the first scores in at Edmund. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Well, I, I'll tell you, uh, dad can tell you a story about how I learned how to correct scores when they <laughs> put those new scores in Edmund. I remember one time I was bowling and I figured out how to start over to erase the score. And so I bowled and I wanted to start with a strike and I didn't get a strike. So I think I got a split and I, I opened. So I went back and I, they call it restore the score. So I went back and restored the score so it would take it off. And right then, Dad was walking by. <laughs> and he saw where I had figured out how to change, change the score. So uh, anyway, well, you know, uh, one of the things that, you know, you, you both are bowling proprietors. And, uh, you know, you've, you've had some challenging times. Uh, but, you know, obviously, you've, you've had success along the way. I was just wondering, can you, like, share... Like, what have you enjoyed most about being a bowling proprietor and, and running your own business? Well, I guess we get to pick our own idea week. We worked at one time. <laughs> I don't work so much anymore. Jack still does. Um, I enjoyed the people and learning from them. You meet in a bowling center, you meet all walks of life. I mean, you meet uh, the people that have money, the people that don't have money. You meet the people in the middle. Uh, but all of them are really kind, and they're kind to one another. Uh, I think it's just learning. I've learned more from watching people than anything else. And you do. You learn a lot just by watching, you know. And always, you know, you always want to be kind to each and every one of them, no matter who they are. 
If I see them outside the bowling center, I'll speak to them and say, hi, how are you doing? You know, and there's a lot of proprietors that don't do that. You know, but so many anymore don't, aren't there. They own the, they own several bowling centers and they, they have people that run them for them. So, you know. What, one of the, uh, one of the things I, I wanted to talk about today also was, um, you know, at one time, uh, you both had Edmund Lanes and then you acquired Seminole, which is Tri-City Lanes, and then eventually acquired Shawnee Bowl, and, which is the center that you uh, operate today. But back in 2005, um, there was a, a fire and uh, it was on November the, I believe it was on November the 5th of 2005. Um, and the bowling center burned down. And I was just wondering if you could kind of go back in your mind uh, and just share, uh, not necessarily the, the, uh, what happened, but what, what was that like to go through that? I mean, that was your, that was your uh, first business where you, you moved to Seminole and you said, we're gonna run this, we're gonna raise our family. And then years later it burned down. What was, what was that feeling? It was heartbreaking. Uh, and everybody wanted us to rebuild it, but really money wise we didn't have that much business it would have cost us more than the insurance money to have restored it and rebuilt it so we just took what we had and invested it in shawnee to make it nicer and the people drive back and forth we still have bowlers from seminole that come in and bowl at shawnee i still remember the uh the call you, you called me, it was about 5.30 in the morning and, and shared with me and my heart was just broken. Oh, mine was too. Uh, I, <laughs> it was really, Jack, they called Jack, the alarm was going off and he went to see about it. Well, I thought he'd gone to Shawnee. I didn't realize that it was at Tri-City, you know, and he called me and he said, the bowling center's burning down. And I said, where are you? And he says, well, I'm down here at Tri City, and I said, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." But mm. yeah, it was. And I got in the car and went down there, and we both cried as we watched the roof falling. So, well, Dana and I got in the car, and we were there by about eight o'clock the next morning. Uh, yeah. And I just remember just that feeling of just heartbreak, and I could feel how heartbroken you both were. Yeah, uh, we were during during that and, time. And we just. It just, it just broke our hearts. But, you know, for some reason, that's the way it was. You know, that was where I bowled my first 300 game. It's where I got to see, you know, uh, dad used to have a tournament called Jack Singles Classic. Uh, that's where I met all the big, like the big dogs, uh, Doc Dordery, yeah. uh, Steve Carson, uh, Ron DeGroat. I mean, I could just go like, on and on and on i mean the who's who would come to that tournament uh david white i mean you name it they were there and i got to see what great bowling what that looked like that was that was incredible and just all the different memories of growing up there as a as a teenager uh working the desk and cooking hamburgers and i mean and just to see all that go up it it was just it was Man, that was, uh, uh, it's just something that just kind of has burned inside of you. Mm -hmm. 
That's true. That's true. It was sad. We bought it 10 years after. We actually bought uh, Tri-City in 77, and we bought Shawnee in 87. Wow. Okay. So, you know, it's just like you say, you, you know, you kind of look for the good. And so here you are, now you're running Shawnee Bowl. It's a little bit closer to where you're at now. So it was uh, certainly a blessing. Uh, but then, you know, years later, um, you and dad were uh, basically inducted into the Shawnee um, Bowl or Shawnee Hall of Fame. Can you talk a little bit about that? And what, what was that? What was that like for you? Well, it was very exciting. Uh, we didn't expect it. Um, we've always tried. Jack's really always been a really good promoter of bowling. And uh, so, and I've always been one that goes out and talks to the people. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I got that from you, by the way. He does the promoting, but it's... Uh, my father-in-law told me one day that he knew why we were all, why were we were in business and did as well as we did, and I, I was surprised because uh, I said, "Well, why do you think that?" And he said, "Because of you, and the way you treat people." My father-in-law told me that, and I was, I was so shocked because I thought he was one of the greatest men there ever were. Jack's dad, Howard. Yeah, who owned Midwest Travel uh, Travel Service, and um, yeah, a college professor, a great man. You That's know, right. I uh, I think about that because I was actually um, I, I talk about that a lot. That's that's how I learned. That's where I learned customer service. You know, watching you uh, talk to the different people and. Um, you know, some, sometimes they may not have something nice to say. Maybe they, you know, maybe they had a bad experience on the bowling lanes because their bowling lanes were broke down or maybe they didn't score well that night or, you know, some, it's not always uh, easy. Customer services uh, can be challenging, right? Absolutely. But if their lanes were down for very long, we always tried to buy them something to drink. And I always went down and talked to them and said, hey, you know, if you're out on the road and have a flat tire, you can't down fix it. And that's kind of the way these machines are. If they break down, we just got to fix them. <laughs> and I would laugh, and they would usually end up laughing with me. So it was usually very seldom did we ever have anybody really get mad. There, there's been occasion that we've had to cancel and have them come back because we had we were using all twelve lanes. So, uh, but that that's. That was my, that's what I did. Where your yeah. dad, that's, I talked to the people. And well, we still, if, if, if they were drinking beer, I'll buy them a beer, you know, uh, you know, just to make sure, you know, they're happy. I want, when they come in the door, I want them to leave as happy as they did when they came in. I don't want them to be uh, unhappy. I want them to be happy. Yeah, I remember you used to always talk about how people came to the bowling center. You know, typically they don't bowl it in the daytime. They're working. They're, they bowl at nights and the weekends. And you would always talk about how, you know, when people come in the door, they're there they're to get away from work. They're to be entertained and have a, have a good time. And, and you always talked about how important that was to make sure they had a good experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had a guy tell me the other day that, uh, they used to have all their kids' birthday parties at the bowling center. 
And I said, well, I hope you had a good experience. He said, we did, ma'am. We did. Loved having our birthday parties there. He said, my kids are all grown now, but we did have them all there. And I thought that was a good comment that he made. Uh, that's listen. Feedback is a gift. That is a great comment. I want to. I want to really touch uh, on one other part, uh, and that is, you know, I share with my friends all the time that hey, my mom still bowls multiple leagues. Um, she may not be bowling five leagues now. So, uh, how many leagues are you bowling, and and how how what's your average today? My average is not very good. I think it's one hundred and sixty-five. No, it's 159 because I was sick for a while and I was off for seven weeks. But I've come back and I, I shot 521 last Wednesday night and I shot 525 Friday afternoon. So I'm getting back up there where I'm averaging 160 again, 165. And that's good for me at my age. I'm glad I can still throw the ball. <laughs> 500 series I mean come on and you're still bowling let's see you're bowling two leagues a week is that right uh-huh and you're we bowling with one of my uh one of my so who do you bowl with on Wednesday night who are some of the people that you bowl with oh I bowl with Danny McSpirit I bowl with Bill Panther and uh I bowl with Mike Lane Mike Lane <laughs> Bill Panther's Bill Panther's a, but anyway he's he uh but i've been bowling with him about three or four years mike and i've been bowling together about 15 years a long so, time right yeah. yeah um as a matter of fact i think that um uh we were having a texting i think deanna our youngest sister or, or your youngest daughter um it was actually uh do, subbing subbing one night she was bowling with you and, and Mike Lane was talking about now he's having a hard time you know keeping up with both you and Deanna <laughs> well used to he did have a hard time keeping up with me because that's when I was averaged 180 but I am averaged that in a few years probably four <laughs> right but I did average in the 70s but I think last year it was 167 is what I ended up with Man, those are some good, good people. How about Fridays? Who do you bow with on Fridays? Uh, Linda and her mother. Uh, Linda's about a 210 average bowler, 220. And uh, Kay averages probably in 150, 60 like I do. And uh, Woodard, Kay Woodard. And uh, they're just, just really a lot of fun to bowl with. Uh, there's some really good bowlers on that league. And... Uh, just to sit and watch them. We, we won two games the other day, but we lost two. But the second game, there were three, the three girls, all three of them, uh, two of them, one of them shot 223 and one of them shot 250, I think. And then the other one was over her average. But it was fun. <laughs> they just bowled really well. You don't win when they bowl really well. And we bowled good because, you know, we had beat them the first game, but I shot 196 the first game. Then I shot 165 and then 164. But, you know, it's fun. It, it's, it's just a fun sport. Anybody can do it. You know, children, uh, you can go with your parents to bowl. And like, you know, uh, 
Christmas, usually the day after Christmas, our families, where are we? We're at the bowling center at Shawnee with all of our family, and nearly everybody comes to bowl. I don't know how it'll be this year, but anyway, that's what it's been in the past. I like how you said that. It's just fun. Like, you know, me, I, you know, the pro bowlers bowled uh, not too long ago here in, in Arlington, and I was in the area for work, so I stopped by and, and, and sat down with Linda Barnes and watched Chris Barnes and, and that group, you know, bowl, and it's just I mean, there's just something about uh, watching watching these great bowlers. And so on your Friday league, that's a, that's a travel league, and there's like a lot of really good bowlers. I know Linda Wilson's had multiple 300 games, and there's some others in that league that are pretty good bowlers too. And multiple 800s. I was bowling with her at Planet One when she bowled one of her 800 series. Yeah, and and the and the and the best part is they're all they're just good people, and and I think that, you know, that's that's the best part. And really, you know, you're bowling, but you're really networking because you're down there, you're talking to them about life, just just talking about life, you know, your kids and you know the community and just things going on in life. Yeah, that's true. That's what we usually talk about our kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me. Uh, I do want to ask you this one question. And this question, uh, actually, I asked, I actually asked Dana, I said, hey, if there's anything you uh, wanted to ask mom, what would it be? And I had this question down and she said this and I thought, you know what, I definitely want to make sure I ask this. And that is this, um, for someone that's looking to go into business, like you and dad, you, you went into business um, and worked hard to get to where you are today. Uh, what, what's some advice that you would give someone that says, hey, I'm gonna go into business, what are some things that they, they should think about? Well, your backing, if you have, you know, the backing to get into it. Uh, you wanna make sure that if you kind of fall down, that, you know, you're gonna stand back up. Hmm. You're not gonna get anywhere but, you know, falling down. Um, I just, I think people just need to have the desire. Mm. You've got to have the desire and, and love what you're getting into. That's a great, uh, I, I love that because it reminds me of a quote by your brother. And I can't remember the exact quote, but he said this. He says, uh, you know, when he's handing out football or, or, or sport, he was a coach, Uncle Walter said, um, uh -huh. I, I can issue you all of the equipment. I can issue all of the things you need. The only thing I can't issue is desire. You have to have that. Yeah. You've got to have that desire. That's true. Yeah, that is, listen, that's some great advice. You know, anybody that uh, is listening, I know they're going to get a lot out of that. You don't just go into business just to go into business. You got to really love what you're doing. I, I remember uh, I used, you know, you used to get on to me if the, the bathrooms weren't clean, right? You knew the importance of all of the, th the hard work. You, you had that desire, but man, you got to work hard to, to make it work. Right. <laughs> and that would come to our place to go to the bathroom. And I didn't know what Jack told me when he got home one night. He said, do you know why he always stops by our place? And I said, and I said, no. He said, well, he says, We're, we have the cleanest bathrooms around. And I said, well, that's nice. <laughs> but it was important to me to be clean. 
it still is important for me to make sure the bathrooms are clean and the sinks wiped off. Well, when I when I go on trips or I stop somewhere, I'm always we're always you know looking at how clean are the bathrooms, and so that was something that you instilled in me. So no, that's great. Oh man, I love 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 this. I man, I got so many other questions, but I'm gonna move into the the part of what I call it's time to accelerate, and this is just kind of some fun questions that as as we kind of conclude our our podcast. The first question is. Uh, uh, what kind of books do you like to read? What's your What's your favorite book? Well, I like Daniel Steele books. I kind of like that book, uh, Find Your Lane. <laughs> That's a pretty good book, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really good book. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. I know that you're a big reader. You've, you've always been uh, a big reader. Um, I used to read a whole lot. I don't read as much anymore as I used to, but yes, I have lots of books. <laughs> yes, you do. How about favorite music? I, um, I just remember driving uh, as a young child thinking, man, she's got that music turned up loud. And I believe it might've been Tanya Tucker. Uh, what, what do you like listening to? And, and is it different I'm, today than it was years ago? Music. I, I, I change my stations a lot. Uh, I, I like uh, a lot of the Carly Simon era, the Carpenters, James Taylor, and I love country. I've always loved country's music. And uh, so I, I switch it back and forth from the bridge to the highway. <laughs> the bridge to the highway. How, how far? <laughs> that is great. Oh, man. So we're in the holiday season, and I would love to know what is your cup. I want to know two questions. The first question is, uh, do you remember um, when you would eat as a, as a child with your mom? What was your favorite food? What did she like to cook? And then today, what, what's your favorite? Mother made really great pumpkin pies. Mm. Still like pumpkin pie. And it's just not a holiday without pumpkin <laughs> I love that. Oh man, pumpkin pie for sure. As a matter of fact, I uh, think I made one last year. I'll, I'll be making one again this year. So when you would go, like you, so you remember that when you were a, a, a teenager and you would be eating at home, you uh, pumpkin pie was there for the holidays. Oh yeah, but we went to my grandfather's. Uh, you know, he didn't pass away. I was eighteen, so every Christmas day. We were at my grandfather's for Christmas Day, and all my aunts and, and uncles would be there that, that could be. Uh, I had one that lived in Colorado that didn't come, but all the rest of them did. And the wives would all bring food. And, oh, my gosh. It had been to shake a stick at, you know, turkey, ham, anything, you know, to do with holidays. You know, mashed potatoes and gravy and, yeah, green beans and, yeah, it was awesome, awesome. So you were, so you were, um, and I'm, I'm just going to kind of pause here. I want to, I want to go in this direction. You, you were, um, you had a lot of cousins then that you kind of were close to, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And we still see them. I have one that comes from Colorado and uh, we, try to get together and, and have dinner. 
when she does. In fact, her her and her brother stayed with Jack and I here about two years ago when they came. And uh, she's still got all her siblings, but one where we've lost all my brothers. Well, all there's seven. There were seven of them, and there's still six of them still alive. So we all get together when when we can. Yeah, and isn't it nice the uh, the social media allows you to keep up with uh, a lot of them as well, right? Absolutely. Lois calls me at least once a week. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so we talked about favorite food. We talked about the holiday season. Uh, what is your favorite holiday? Christmas. Christmas. Why do you? Why, why is that your favorite holiday? Well, because. Uh, when your family grow, grows up and marries and, and has other families to visit, they seem to always go the other direction uh, for different holidays. But on Christmas Day, they come to our house. So our whole family, without all our grandchildren, all of our children, in-laws, everybody, always comes for Christmas and it's always so much fun never fighting it's just everybody picking on each other and and playing dirty Santa and Earl's dad came last year and he said I will be back next year I have never had so much fun in my whole life and I thought that was a pretty nice compliment because there are a bunch of us that, that was a very nice compliment. I know that when uh, when I got married years ago, uh, that's one of the things that Dana talked about enjoying was we had a big family um, and she got to see it uh, front row seat uh, at Christmas. Oh, yeah. And that's that's when they all come, you know, and somebody said, well, they don't get to come Thanksgiving. And I said, hey, they can't come to all the holidays, but they all make it at Christmas. Even Adam and Alex come every Christmas. Yeah. So one of the things that um, I, I think I know the answer to this question, but one of the things that I used to ask a lot of guests was around hobbies. And um, then my friend uh, Yvonne said, hey, you know, uh, the question she likes is what energizes you? And I thought, you know, that's a really great question because typically if it's really energizing, you're going to really get into that. Uh, what energizes you today in your uh, when you're not when you're not bowling and you're not running your business? What what energizes you? Oh, projects that I do. I've got three great grandsons due before very long, so I'm working on three quilts. So that energizes me to get in the and and my thoughts on how I want to put my quilts together and stuff. Because I don't use patterns. All my quilts are what I design. And they're not, not anything fancy like uh, the stars and stuff, like my friend does. She makes beautiful quilts. Mine are just straight stitched. But I put their names and stuff on them, and I, they're, they, I'm, I'm proud of them. So that's what energizes me. Okay, so uh, I, and I have some of these quilts. So you, I, I did want to talk about this because I want to know, you know, you've got this, like when you walk into your, you know, if you walk into my mom's home, you walk into this room, I call it the craft room. 
and it seems like there's like sewing machines everywhere. How did you uh, talk a little bit? How did you like get into sewing? Um, I, I have some of the blankets you made. You made me a Big Twelve blanket um, before Nebraska went to the Big Ten conference. Uh, I mean, you've made several in, uh, of my children blankets yeah. as well. I mean, you you love doing that. How did you get started in sewing and doing that stuff? Pat Clima, that's her favorite pastime. I have to be in the mood. Pat, she's in the mood 24-7. She always made beautiful quilts. And she, she does now. But she's the one that got me to making the quilts. That's where I got it. And after I went out there to have uh, do some lettering one night, well, the next thing I know, I've got one under, a lettering machine underneath the tree. And I said, what's that for? Jack said, well, you might as well do your own lettering. You go out there. And I thought, well, yeah, but it was fun to go out and visit with Pat. <laughs> so now I have several lettering machines. Yeah. Well, and what I like about you, uh, what you do in your work is that you will brand them. And so uh, for those who are listening right now, my mom has um, children that have graduated from Oklahoma, uh, the University of Oklahoma. Uh, as well as other other schools, but she's a big OU Sooner fan, and I remember um, uh, you. Uh, there was a uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think it might have been Tracy. Uh, you had made a blanket print, and you you put a little brand on there. He's a UT fan. You put that little bitty OU on there. Head of these of these of these cow. <laughs> but we, but you like you'll brand them like you do um disney characters you do i mean you do a lot of different very creative right i do i i like to do the disney and and i will i'll put ou on them <laughs> on the <laughs> yeah no that's fantastic so let's see so you had okay so uh out of your out of seven children how many have graduated college i guess everybody's graduated college everybody Everybody. And then uh, your grandchildren, you have a lot of college graduates already. You got masters. I mean, they, they've been doing well. 50%. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, I love that. I knew you was going to say sewing um, and I know you love that and you do a great job with it. I know that uh, people appreciate that. So um, I always like to ask this question too, as we, I've got just a couple more questions as, as we conclude here. Um, and and the, one of the questions is, what's some advice? It might have been from your mom. It might have been from a friend. It might have been from dad. What's some advice that you received that you like to pass along to others? Can you share that? Oh, I guess it would be my mother. Always treat people as you would like to be treated. Be kind. That's the best advice mother always taught us. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, no, that's that's great advice, and I, I try to continue to instill that and with my family. And okay, so here's the last question, Mom. And um, the question I, I'm 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 giving a presentation called "Great Leader Great Leaders Are Grateful Leaders," and uh, we're in the season of gratitude. We got Thanksgiving. This is actually going to be played right before Christmas. So right before Christmas, uh, would you? share um what you're most grateful for what i'm most grateful for i'm most grateful for my family and their health 
I mean, here Marky is 58 and he runs what? Five miles every other day? And here you run a half marathon and Deborah works out. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for the health of my family. And I'm grateful for their families because not everybody is this blessed. Okay, so I just thought about this, and, and so I, I'm going to add one other question because I was thinking about this is, like I said, this is going to air uh, in December, and you would have just celebrated 46 years of marriage. What, what is that like, and what's the secret of success there? <laughs> oh, I guess the secret of success is is respect one another, uh, be kind to one another. You'll go through your spits and spats, but overall, you don't ever try to embarrass yourselves or in front of other people, and you try to show respect and love for one another, I would imagine. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, man. I, I will tell you that I, this has been like one of the most exciting uh, podcasts that I've been a part of, uh, but it's also been nerve wracking uh, because I just, there's, just, there's so much I want to, uh, I mean, I talk to you all the time, but, you know, to, to be able to, uh, you know, be, be able to record our conversation, this means a lot. So I just want to say thank you for coming on and doing this for me and some of the the wisdom that you shared is going to help a lot of people and so i just want to tell you i love you and happy birthday thank you and i love you too son and 